I'm really excited to have with me a special guest, Tamar Yehoshua, who is I, the Chief Product Officer at Slack. Tamar, welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Thank you. So you, most of our audience are work, working remotely, just like all of us, but this podcast is specifically for people who are working remotely. So they're probably pretty familiar with Slack. But one of the things I think that's really interesting is at Slack, you have like an experience in um, a perspective on both sides of this, both working remotely, but also all of your customers, right? Use Slack in interesting ways to sort of tie people together right now. And so I'd love to hear just first a little bit about what Slack's experience has been working over the last year remotely. I, I had a conversation in, I think, April with um, Ali Rao. We did a web web webinar for Inc., and so it was really interesting to get the perspective early on, but you know, it's a year later and I just kind of love to first hear what your experience leading a product team has been like and what that overall experience has been like at Slack. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when, like everyone else, when March hit last year and we told everyone to work from home, we had no idea how long this would last. I personally am like, yeah, it's going to be a couple of weeks. And <laughs> then it started settling in. I'm like, Wow. I really need to get a desk and I need to get a second monitor, just like everyone else. We all went through the same things. And at Slack, the company, which was was different, as you said, because it was really interesting that as we were going remote, all our customers were going remote. So we had to take care of them. And so we saw this surge of new users coming to Slack because they're like, oh, hey, I need tools. I need tools to work from home. And we had to be there for our customers while still taking care of ourselves. So we moved um, obviously remotely in an instant. And one of the advantages we had is we were already all in on Slack and we were already used to communicating in channels. So we saw within a day, our messages and channels go up by 30%. Because anything that you would have talked to the person sitting next to you, you put in channels. And then our users who were used to slow communicating in Slack did the same. And then we saw new users coming on and new users going wall to wall much faster because they all of a sudden needed this substitute for the office. You know, one of the things that I've always felt, so I, I'll be totally candid because, you know, that's what we tried to do on this podcast, but I've always had sort of a love hate relationship with Slack. I've always loved the product. The part that's always been a, is it can be a little overwhelming, right? Especially if you're new to the platform. And, and what I mean by new to the platform, it's not that the software is hard. It's that the idea that there's this tool that makes it easier to communicate is great, but you have to like realize what you're jumping into. I used to describe it. So I, like I've worked remotely for a long time and I used to describe it. Slack is sort of like the ability to have the kind of conversations that if you were in an office, someone would just pop their head in your office to have that conversation, or uh, they're standing out in the hallway having a conversation and you can kind of hear what's going on and you can pop in if you want to. The problem is like sometimes that group is a bunch of otters and they're just playing and they want to invite you to come out. And so it, it can kind of be like swimming up Niagara Falls. And I know I just mixed a bunch of metaphors, but, but that's kind of how it feels when you first dive in. I'm curious as we get started, do you have like a power user tip for people who are trying to use Slack to be more productive, but not get overwhelmed? Does that, does that make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we try and give our users the ability to configure Slack in the way that works for them. 
And one of the things that you really should do is look at your notification settings. And what are you getting notified on? Are you getting notified on every message and every channel? Are you, what, how many threads are you following? You're going to get interrupted if you're following more things, but you can, if you can control it and you also have to have norms in your organization and the people you work with. So for example, at Slack, one of the things we do and we tell our customers to do this is if you're posting in a channel only at channel, if it's really important and only at mention me, if I have to look at it. And so I'm used to, I have a sidebar full of lots of unread channels And I only look at the ones that have the badge on it because I know if somebody is reaching out to me, somebody in my team, or there's a customer issue, I know that they're going to, they're going to mention me so that I get a notification. And so you need to make sure that people are respectful of these norms and they will use these tools in a way so that you don't get overwhelmed. We also have um, features like sections in your sidebar that you can create, which we launched last year so that you can group your channels together so it's much easier to glance at them and see what you what you think is important put those at the top of your sidebar and the other thing is archive channels and remove them remove yourself from them so when you're not using them anymore archive them and if you really don't need to be in that channel it's okay if they're talking about the otters swimming upstream <laughs> you don't need to know about it so just take remove yourself from that channel if somebody mentions you in that channel and you're not in it you'll get a Slack bot uh, message saying that they did. So you got to, um, you you can configure it in a way so that it will be less un- overwhelming for you. Yeah. And I think that that's really a great point is that just because it's there doesn't mean <laughs> that you have to be there, right? You can't, if you were in an office, you couldn't participate in every conversation that's happening in the, in the hall or you'd never get anything done. But if somebody needs you, they know where your office is, they'll come and get you. One of the more popular articles that I wrote over the last year and a half was about the seven things you should stop doing on Slack right now. And the first one was at sending at channel messages and people are like, oh, yes, thank you. of course, why? <laughs> like there's really almost, there's almost, unless it's a very small channel and you are the manager, <laughs> right? There's very re- few reasons to at channel, like very an entire few. group of people. Yeah. And so the, that's yeah, the first thing I tell the people. One other doing. tip I will give is the do not disturb. If you have work that you want to do and your head's down, put a do not disturb. And then when people send you a DM, they'll they'll get a they'll get a little notification that says Jason has his do not disturb on. Do you want to interrupt him anyway? And so you can still, if it's really important, like the site is down, we will interrupt right. you. But I think people don't use do not disturb enough when that's a really simple thing to do. Yeah. And I and I whenever I would onboard people who were working for me, would tell them. During the workday, turn off Slack notifications on your phone because if you're sitting at your computer anyway, you can access it. But what happens when a Slack notification goes off on your phone, you never get back. Like, And it's not even Slack's fault. Like, Suddenly somebody asks you a question, which means you now have to look at your calendar app, which you remember this appointment you're supposed to do. So now you're in your to-do app. And then eventually you just like binge watch Netflix for an hour because you just can't take it anymore, right? So just turn <laughs> those <love> off. <laughs> So I'm curious, what are some of the things that you guys have learned over the last year at Slack with working remotely, both internally and with your customers that you expect to stick around even when we get past the pandemic and people can return to work? What we learned at Slack, like in the be- in the beginning, I told you a lot of people came to Slack. And what was really interesting is how the company rallied around it. 
And we did when, during the early days of the pandemic, we offered free consultations to anybody coming on Slack. How do you Slack to work remotely? And what I saw during that period, and I'm going to borrow a theme from Clay Christensen from a book that I read, which is in organizations, you want to remove obstacles. That's like the things, a thing that you need to do to make sure the teams are happy. But that's kind of the table stakes is you remove the obstacles. He called it hygiene. And then you need to motivate people. So when when moving when when we all move to uh, work remotely, you want to make sure that everybody has what they need to be need to be able to focus. So you know, giving stipends so that they can get the second monitor or they can get a webcam, and so remove those obstacles so they can work. But then you have to motivate them. And at Slack, we were very motivated by all these customers who were coming to us, and people were working overtime in order to support our customers because you wanted to be there. I think that it was a very uh, acute uh, example of this principle of how you motivate teams. On the question of what is going to stick around, I believe this genie is not going back in the bottle and distributed work is here to stay. At Slack, we told our employees, if you want to work remotely, you can work remotely permanently. So varied a little by department, product and engineering. We said anyone could. And I estimate when we're going back to work, probably about 25% of people will be fully remote based on the kind of the people, the signs that we're seeing in the surveys that we've done. And we will be a distributed company. We're not going to be 100% remote. If people want to go back into the office, they'll go back into the office. But we need to make sure that we provide a working environment and the best tools so that we can be effective while being distributed this hybrid environment is what is here to stay. And in some ways it's harder than the fully distributed. It's different because you have to make sure that you're not giving an advantage for the people who are in the office. Yeah. You know, that was one of the things I hear a lot is if, if working remotely is, is going to be around for a long time, which I think we're past the point where we continue to wonder if that's going to be the case you have to be prepared and put everybody on equal footing, right? I worked for a company for a while. And what one of the things I really appreciated about the company is that even though there was a group of people who worked in an office in New York City, about 80% of the company was remote. And when we had all company meetings, everybody was at their own desk on Zoom. It wasn't a bunch of people in a room, right? With one webcam and then the rest of us were on a Zoom. It was, every, you, you, could, you wouldn't know just by looking who worked in the office and who worked from home and those types of things, I feel like small business owners, especially are really having to kind of wrap their brain around. And I'm sure it's true for enterprise companies, but they have people who are paid to think about this kind of thing. Right. But when you're a small business owner, it's sort of like figure this thing out, whether you know anything or not, what do you think that managers and, and businesses should be thinking about in terms of using tools like Slack? How, how can Slack really help bridge that gap between the people who work in the office people who work at home. So one of the things that we've been doing a lot is thinking exactly about that. So as we went remote, we were looking at, uh, we have something called the future forum where we do research on the trends that are happening. And we saw that 83% of people don't want to go back into the office full-time. They either want to stay remote or they want to be a couple days in the office. And so what does that mean for the product? And what does that mean for the tools that we need to give people? And we also learned through our research that the thing that was that people had the most trouble with was engagement and feeling a part of a team. I'm sure that doesn't surprise anyone if you're not 
in bumping into everyone in the micro kitchen or at getting coffee, then you're feeling less engaged and less connected. So when we, while we're fully remote and when we go back, we need to solve that. We need to help people feel engaged. So we've been doing a lot of prototyping internally at Slack to say our product has done a really good job of helping people collaborate, be more flexible, be more informed while they're working in a distributed environment. It wasn't built for specifically for distributed work, but it definitely really helps for distributed work. So we've been playing around with, with two different things. Um, one is having an always available audio channel. So when, like you talked about, when you're walking down the hall and you can overhear conversations, you want to know what's going on. There's, let's say there's a team that's doing a design sprint and they're talking, the people in the room are talking about the design sprint. If you're in another location or if you're at home, how do you know that's happening? How do you become a part of that? So this is what we're playing around with the ability to see that there's a Slack channel for this design sprint, for example, there's a Slack channel where a conversation is going on and that you'd be able to see that in your sidebar and you'd be able to join it, that I know that this conversation is happening and I can join it. So that's one of the things we started prototyping and we've been using internally for a little while. And we started piloting with our customers recently and I can't see not using it at this point. Um, and then the second thing that we've been doing, I think what people are with this distributed environment. And when we go back to the hybrid environment, people are really tired being on Zoom all day. I don't know about you, but the more Zoom calls I get, the more tired I am at night. Like it's not the, it's not the question of how many hours I worked. It's really the number of hours on Zoom. And I think, you know, there's been studies about this. It's real. So we are playing around with another thing, again, to help solve our problem at Slack that we were all feeling this and we know that our customers are all feeling it with asynchronous videos. So what we want, our goal is to take some meetings that don't have to happen synchronously and put them in channel. So let's say you have a daily standup and all it does, you go around the room and you hear the updates from 10 people. Well, why can't that be in channel? Why can't you have a thread with a short video snippet that's a minute or two minutes long from each person and you go around the room and you get an update from each person. And then in that thread, you can also ask questions and have a back and forth. It solves two problems, fewer meetings and also the ability to do it on, on your time. Let's say one person has to take their kids to school in the morning or somebody else has a doctor's appointment and not everybody's going to avail be available exactly at 9 a.m. So these are some of the things that that one we've been playing around also internally hasn't gone to customers yet, but um, we're excited to get it to customers hopefully soon. So these are the things that I think you will see a change in how people work when they come back. Yeah, we have um, four kids who are in virtual school, and so literally everyone in the house spends all day on Zoom. So I understand it's exhausting for all of us. I, 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 so I totally relate. I'm fortunate that I, I don't have quite as many. But just remembering which logon, which kid has to get on at which time by the end of the day, I go to bed at like 830. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> it's just the way that it is. So what there were, there were two things that I was thinking as you were, as you were kind of describing that in the reason I thought about the virtual school is when you think about like the, all of the things you have to do in a business day, I think about like my kids have to do all those things too. And, and while they don't use Slack necessarily. They're using a lot of those tools. And I am kind of curious about how Slack it has has changed over the last year. I've seen 
you know, as a user, I've seen how it's kind of accommodated that and I'm interested in how it's going to move forward. Obviously, you know, Slack moving into be a part of Salesforce, like there, there's a lot of ways that people are using Slack with customers, right? Like I've used Slack with clients of mine and it's such a great way to create that. Just like you can create the office culture, you can create culture with in relationships with your customers. And so I'm just curious, like, is that an intentional thing? I mean, it seems silly to ask you, is it intentional? That's not meant to be a leading question, but like, tell me about how some of those th- things have happened over the last year. Oh, that's a great question. So last year, last June, we came out with something called Slack Connect. And that's the ability to connect with people outside your organization. So Slack has all these advantages that you talked about, about communication, flexibility. We also refer to it as a more human way of communicating, more emojis, more gifts, so people feel more connected. Well, wouldn't you want to have that same type of experience with people you work with outside your organization? And you talked about customers and clients. We see people use Slack Connect. Um, the most, the biggest use case is with their customers and with their clients. We use it internally for product development. We use Slack Connect to get feedback on new releases. And so we have a champions network where we send out through Slack Connect previews of our releases. Uh, and what and looking forward, we are we are announcing just now, very recently, the ability to start a Slack Connect direct message with somebody outside your organization. Earlier, you could only create a channel across organizations, but now it's going to be super simple. All you have to do is send an invitation to somebody's email. They click accept, and now there's a DM that is open between the two organizations. So we're really excited about that and think that that is another tool that people will have to create a stronger uh, working relationship with people outside their organizations, whether or not they're in the same city, whether or not people are getting on planes again. Right. And one of the things I like about what you just described, and it makes me think about, you you already talked about Zoom. A year ago, most of the people that I know had never used Zoom, right? My parents had never used Zoom. My children had certainly never used Zoom. I'd use it a lot for my job. But the reason Zoom like became such a big deal overnight is that you didn't need to know anything about video conferencing. You just had to click on a link, right? And in that barrier or eliminating that barrier enabled a whole lot of people to be productive that would have had to figure out like, like I'm not picking on anybody, like installing WebEx is not a thing I would have my parents do just so we could have a birthday party, right? But sending them a Zoom link, boom, like it's done. It sounds like that same approach people will now be able to do to join a Slack channel. Like I can send you a link and boom, you're just done. Like you don't have to know, I don't have to know what Slack is. I can just communicate with the people who are in Slack, even if that's not a thing that I really understand. We're, we're going to make it really easy for you to do that. Awesome. And now, I mean, just, I got to turn off notifications. It'll make a lot of things easier for me, but uh, I know we're running up on time, but I did have one other question. I know you lead a product team and you talked about thinking that 25% of your company will probably choose to stay remote. One of the things I get asked a lot, both uh, when I talk to like business owners and entrepreneurs and to people who listen to this podcast is how do I, as like a manager or a business owner, make a decision? Because not every role is equal, right? Building a product is different than HR, which is different than accounting. In some roles, you could literally hire people anywhere in the world. I suspect people who are like writing code could probably work differently from home than someone who has to literally sign the checks, right? So I'm just wondering as like a manager, how does your company, how does Slack as a leadership make those types of decisions? Is it just based on, hey, 
we're just going to let anybody do what, what works best for them? Or is it, hey, certain roles are better equipped for remote? Or how, how does that work? So when, when this whole started, the whole thing started and companies went remote in an instant, if you had asked any of the managers, do you think you could go remote in a week? Everyone would have said no. If you asked me two years ago, could your team operate if you were remote? I always said, oh my God, that would be a disaster. And so we we don't we tend to think of the status, status quo and not really envision how things can be different. So there's some roles like facilities, obviously you can't do that remotely. So there's some that are kind of no-brainers that you can't do, but most of them, if you think more expansively and give people the right tools, they're going to be able to do it. And I think it's going to be a competitive advantage because people want to live wherever they want. They want to be near their parents when they have a baby. They want to live out in the mountains if they want if they have a good enough internet connectivity. They they want to live in different places, and they're going to go to the companies that let them do that. And we have to figure out how to enable people to be productive. So in the product and engineering organization, we started to have conversations and people are like, well, and maybe these teams remote and those, and, and, and um, the CTO Cal and I just said, we're going to let everyone do it and we're going to figure out how to make it work. And we're going to install, and we've been experimenting with different ways of working, different ways to have meetings, stand-ups, all hands, one-on-ones audio only. So we've been taking it as an opportunity to experiment, think outside the box, and just push the boundaries. So that's what we did. There's There are a couple of functions that said, hey, it's going to be super hard for us. But by and large, most of the functions at Slack said, this is your opportunity to reinvent how you work. There's no way that we have found the optimal way of working. So we want to really think and push uh, push on that. You know, and I think you just said something that is a great encouragement, especially for small business owners, but also just for entrepreneurs in general. It's like once you've made a decision that this is the thing that's the core value, which is to allow people to do this, then you just have to figure it out. Like, don't let that don't let figuring it out be the obstacle. You have to make the decision and then let that be the thing that drives the the process moving forward. 100 percent. Tamar, thanks so much for making time. I really appreciate it. Um, it, You mentioned that uh, Slack Connect is live. Uh, If you're listening to this on the 24th, it it went live this morning. So there's more information. Where can people find out some more information about that? Uh, You can go to our website and you can look for the updates on Slack Connect DMs. Great. And I'll include a link to that in our show notes as well. Thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you.